Well, it's Monday, and we got your full board. Prairie populism right here on the other side of Texas. Thank you for tuning in, and for more and more of you telling your friends that you hang out here on the other side. Jay West Texas Leeson across the way. Queenie Catherine Wilkes. She's making things happen, making the program happen. A couple things to start off with on this prairie populism thing. You know, I remember whenever I was at Tech and I was taking my statistics course, which I'm sure I've never used one bit of (laughs) since. And we had an Asian guy who was a student, a teaching assistant. You know, it's one of those things where you don't get a professor. You get the teaching assistant. And, you know, I didn't really mind because even if Mary Poppins would have been in there with perfect grammar, I would have not paid much attention to what was going on. But I remember one day he was talking about outwire. And I could not understand what he was talking about. Outwire. And he kept on pointing it both sides of the board outwire now look for those of you who may be a little bit wrinkled right now that i'm running down somebody else's uh, articulation of the english i get run down all the time like whenever going to england i remember i was whenever i was in amsterdam one time some somewhere in holland and it was whenever we were at war in iraq yeah and they asked me are, are you from a where are you from and and i didn't answer the question because on that trip I remember we were hanging out in a Moroccan neighborhood and these guys sent this little kid over, this little pudgy kid. And it was during the election, the 2004 election, Mm -hmm. because this little Moroccan Muslim kid comes over to me and starts running around in a circle around me. And, you know, you're saying, John Kerry, John Kerry, John Kerry, John Kerry. (laughs) He was all for John Kerry instead of George W. But anyhow... I can't remember how I got to... Oh, I I told them... They said, are you from America? And, and this other girl from Norway says, no, he sounds like he's from Australia. And I said, yeah, let's go with that. Let's, Australia. I, I'm, I am from the Outback, mate. So anyway, he's he's up there teaching outwire, outwire. And I have no idea what he's saying. And finally, I had to stop him and say, can you please spell on the board what you're saying? And what he was saying was outlier, an outlier like here's what's common here's what's kind of common and then there are outliers things that hardly ever happen Uh, i gotcha so i'm looking across the news this weekend and there's this group called texas public policy foundation with whom i agree a good bit of the time but the problem is with groups like texas public policy foundation in my prairie populist vein here is what they'll do is they'll throw out issues and try to tempt your moral or sometimes your fiscal concerns and then they'll exploit your economic interests in case in point is this thing they're doing this event on june 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 18th and they are taking one of the worst case scenarios in texas in making it sound like because it's in their interest and I'll get to that here in just a moment but it's in their interest to make it sound like it is predominant that it happens everywhere and this you know it's like it it happens everywhere and so everything is awesome in their minds but it's an outlier or outlier 
And the instance is, you know, look, we do these football stadiums. People say, oh, schools don't need funding because look at all these $80 million football, $100 million football stadiums that are being built that are passed by local voters in bond elections. That's not money they're getting from Austin, number one. I just go down the list of, well, you know, this teacher did this, so it happens everywhere. And it's a mischaracterization of reality. It's like my neighbor, hold on, my neighbor is a medical professional, I won't tell you what field, but it gave him great cause of concern whenever my first meeting of my neighbor was like a day, day or two after we'd lived in the house, and Jack was like three then maybe maybe turning three he's still in diapers because my neighbor found jack in the middle of the street in a diaper and he brought jack to the door and he was alarmed and he was like is this your son yes i'm jay leeson we're neighbors and had he stuck with that like he was alarmed for me i was like well this is just a wednesday like this is what happens if he got three little kids um at that time just three little kids so anyhow texas public policy foundation doing this thing about how wind energy went wrong in comanche county but i'm looking and i think well that's just comanche county because i'm in touch with a lot of rural superintendents who know a lot more about what's going on and by and large with wind energy coming into rural school districts they are ecstatic like this is the main driver whenever cotton's down whenever there's drought whenever oil is down they can go to oil and that's what they've begun or excuse me they can go to wind and that's what they've begun to do it's so with that Comanche County. For every Comanche County, there are a dozen, maybe two dozen, Petersburgs. In Petersburg, up to the northeast of Lubbock. And this story coming out of Petersburg, this via the Plainview Daily Herald, with a tax base of just $67 million, Petersburg ISD ranks among the poorer school districts in the state. Enrollment has grown in recent years to 272 and the district has increased its fund balance from 1.6 million to 2 million during the past 30 months earlier this year school trustees gave teachers an average two thousand dollar raise petersburg isd boosted its pay for starting teachers to $37,850, which is more than lubbock cooper and friendship and competitive with larger school districts in the region. Now, with the development of wind resources inside the district's boundaries, Petersburg ISD is setting the foundation to ask voters in November to approve a $27 million bond to replace buildings that were built 50 to 90 years ago. And 80% of the cost of construction will be paid with new revenue generated by the wind farm. So what's 80% of 27? Yeah, I'm going to say 22, about 22 yeah. million on wind farms. It's like building a $100,000 home and spending $20,000. See the math? It's some good messaging there by Superintendent Dr. Drew Howard. Uh, we need to take advantage of this opportunity, which won't come around again in our lifetime. Okay, so there's 
the how critical it is to be fair on that side uh, this is our chance to build brand new facilities which should last 16 to 90 years the school has been the school has to be here for the community to thrive this will take us from a good situation to a great situation so after receiving final approval may 25 the texas public utilities commission xl energy is expected to begin construction this month of a wind farm over the next 13 months crews are scheduled to erect 239 turbines designed to generate two megawatts each for an output blah 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 the new wind turbines are expected to increase the district's tax base almost tenfold from 67 million to 650 million so that's why here on the other side of texas it's obvious that investors see it it's obvious that locals see it i'm not a hack for wind energy there's not a wind energy commercial on this program maybe there will be fingers crossed <laughs> in the capitalist jay leeson but wind energy by and large is a great thing and i'm sure if i took time and i've got a real job and great family and lots of things go oh man we went and looked at a ranch this weekend i think we're gonna do it really? so yeah i'm gonna talk about it here in a minute but anyway uh not a hack i just see reality for what it is and reality is that wind energy has been a very good thing for rural texas and petersburg is continuing uh, to prove just that you can't handle the truth yeah we're going to get in with Scott Braddock. Supreme Court today rules narrowly, this is the AP headline, narrowly for Colorado Baker who wouldn't make same-sex wedding. Now, narrowly, it was 7-2. to two. Would you define that as narrowly? No. And see, that was my first inclination whenever I saw the story. But then as you begin to read the story, and this is from the New York Times, toward the end of the argument, Justice Kennedy, who voted in the majority he's part of those seven i mean he's been a hardline pro lgbt guy uh free speech guy and this put him at odds with himself justice kennedy appeared to reject the argument uh from the couple's lawyer that mr phillips had discriminated against the couple based on their identity as a gay man instead justice kennedy seemed to embrace the distinction pressed by Mr. Phillips's lawyers, that Mr. Phillips has nothing against, this is the baker, has nothing against gay people, but objected to same-sex marriage because it was at odds with his religious beliefs. And Kennedy spoke up and said, it's not their identity. Ooh, he's going to be getting some hate mail. Ooh, Justice Kennedy, you can't say that today. That is not right. But that's what he said as a sitting justice. It's not their identity. It's what they are doing. It's their behavior. It is what they are doing, not what they are. I think your identity thing is just too facile, Justice Kennedy said. Wow. And went with the majority. And, you know, I, th I say good on the court for sure, but here's where the narrow thing comes into place is that they didn't lay down their other cases out there that have to do with the same thing discrimination against groups that are acting in such a way to use to use kennedy's language and people say well i'm not down with that 
and I'm super social contractarian about this stuff. Like, okay, you want to do that, fine. But whenever you make me and my kids believe it, well, we got a problem. Yeah. And whenever they have to believe it as de facto truth, like this is the law, this is the way things are, then you got a whole problem. And I know in this new world order, like people think that they are this, that, and the other. And that doesn't mean that I've got told. Now, there has to be a. I don't want to get preachy, a respect for the image of God within people and dignity of people. But whenever your personal decisions begin to co-opt how culture and society is run, then we've got a problem. Now, for his Monday edition, Braddock on Texas, Scott Braddock, Quorum Report. How are you, buddy? Good, sir. How are you? Good. We're all revved up, fired up, prairie populism away. You're fired up, you're ready to go. I love it. Yeah, so we just got... And you're best friends with the Lubbock County Militia? Uh, The head head of that, is that right? Some say so, yeah. Is that what I heard? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I was on hold for a little while there, and it's funny the things you hear on hold. Jay Leeson is suddenly the best friend of the the head of the Lubbock County Militia. Some people call Brandon Darby. That's that's like a moniker. That's a moniker. Ah, okay, all right. So, Scott Braddock looking at all the Texas news. If you aren't attuned to Texas politics, Scott Braddock's a good source at Scott Braddock on Twitter. Uh, I've made the case before, Braddock, and I believe, you know, we've had Mike Collier in. We've had different people in. uh, Mike Collier running Democrat for lieutenant governor. that, That so many on the GOP, especially the consultants, are itching for the next big social wedge. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have done a lot of great work on the abortion issue, but now yeah. the question becomes, well, what else? What else? It seems like bathrooms was a stab at that. I want to ask you, having just talked about the Supreme Court decision this morning, mm-hmm. could cakes and cake bakers and people like them become the next big social issue in the Texas legislature? It sure seems like it. Cake bakers and people who provide any kind of service, really. I mean, the the question about whether or not somebody can refuse service to somebody because of a religious objection, it's been a long-running debate in uh, the United States. and I mean, this really has its roots all the way back to uh, you know, and it's ugly, but it, it has its, its roots all the way back to, you know, whites-only signs of some businesses. Right, you know, the idea that somebody can discriminate uh, based on whatever their belief is versus the right of the person to not be discriminated against, and the uh, latest case a, on this, but there's a big there's difference. A big difference. Religious, Absolutely, yes. Okay. Well, yes. Although some people would, you know, say that, that basically their religion would allow them to discriminate against a whole host of people. In this case, um, you have uh, this baker. We, we've all heard this case out of Colorado. It's always the really serious stuff, isn't it? It's a couple that wanted a cake, and the guy didn't want to bake the cake for them because why? They are a homosexual couple, and at the time, we're going back to 2012 now, mm-hmm. um, when uh, gay marriage was not legal all across the United States, but it was in Massachusetts. This couple had gone to Massachusetts to get married. They were going back to Colorado, to Denver, and they wanted to get this guy to bake a cake for them, bake a dessert for their celebration, uh, and he said he would not do that because he had a religious objection to their uh, nuptials. And, you know, this gets really interesting because the Supreme Court was being asked uh, to weigh in on this fundamental question. Does this guy have the right to refuse them service because he has a religious objection? 
Well, they didn't really answer that question, Jay Leeson. What they said instead, in fact, they didn't answer that question at all. Uh, what they said instead was, and this is something that's also important, uh, but what they said was that this guy who's, uh, you know, this baker, uh, had the right um, to not be discriminated against himself uh, by the Colorado Commission on Civil Rights. Uh, what the court said was that uh, there were some people on that commission who had uh, expressed animus toward religion, and so when his case went in front of this state-level um, uh, body, uh, you know, to have this uh, this case uh, adjudicated, basically, um, that he was discriminated against because he was Christian, but the Supreme Court of the United States did not say that he had the right to refuse the service to that gay couple in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, sure. it's, it's all sort of convoluted, but what it really does do is it opens the door for the Texas legislature and legislatures all across the country, and I suspect this will be the case, they're now going to debate uh, the protections that need to be in place uh, for people to be able to refuse somebody a service based on a religious objection. So yeah, if we're looking for something that might be certainly red meat and something that people are going to get upset about, this would be one. Yeah, well, look, we've got cases with florists out there. We've got you know anybody in the wedding industry that refuses... Right. And I think that you're right in the regard of it was a narrow ruling. Like it didn't, it didn't have precedent for cases that others would say, well, this is this is a red case and so is this one. I mean, right. it's not orange, it's not per it's not any it's the same thing, but they didn't give any precedence on how to rule those and yeah, I mean I can just see some conservative consultants, quote unquote conservative consultants Yes. just salivating right now at the opportunity before them at the state level. Well, and in fact, uh, let me read one thing from the decision. It's pretty plain English. We, you and I don't have to be lawyers. We don't even play them on the radio. But, but listen to this. This is from the decision, quote, The outcome of cases like this in other circumstances must await further elaboration in the courts, all in the context of recognizing that these disputes must be resolved with tolerance without undue disrespect to sincere religious beliefs, and without subjecting gay persons to indignities when they seek goods and services in an open market, unquote. In other words, they just didn't get to the basic question that we're talking about here. They, did, they didn't really address that. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be open to interpretation going forward. They abdicated. So, well, they punted. That's, that's one way to say it. Yeah. You say punted, I'll say abdicated. You'll say abdicated. Okay, all right. I know in West Texas you use the bigger words out there. <laughs> I'm just a simple, humble newsletter editor. Okay. Uh, I'm not even going to touch You and your $50 words daily. not going to touch it. That, 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 all right. <laughs> you know, we're all backwards anyway for living up here. Uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll fight that claim, by the way. So that is an astute observation, though, Brad. I mean, here, the day of the ruling, I think you're 100% right. I think that they're going to go after I think that guys have already had meetings. I just I can imagine five state senators in Texas today have already had drafts presented to them on legislation that they could present going into no, the next session. No doubt. And if you yeah, and if you want a real tell on And this, I don't and look, I'm not disagreeing with that either, Brad. I mean, it's politics and the Supreme Court has punted or abdicated and so it's fair game. 
Yeah, if you want to tell on where all this may go, you mentioned the bathroom bill, and that sort of was a stab at a social issue last year. Uh, one of the groups that was uh, on the forefront, tip of the spear, if you will, uh, for trying to advocate for the bathroom bill was something called Texas Values, which is a group that's allied with one of your favorite groups, uh, Empower Texans. Texas Values today put out a statement uh, that said, Cake Baker Supreme Court Victory, Religious Freedom Clause Key to Historic Win. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, it's just right up their alley. I'm quoting directly there. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, that was you. I thought maybe that was you in the pejorative Braddock form. Okay. There's no pejorative here. Okay. So... <laughs> We could do a whole segment sometime. Like, I'm intrigued <laughs> as I get to know these groups. Like, I was looking at... I don't want to detour. Just stick with me for a second. Yeah. Uh, I saw that Empower put out... Let's let's move over for a second to the Republican Party of Texas chair race. Right. And I saw the Empower Texans drink. Uh, Empower Texans put out a piece <laughs> where some unidentifiable group has been soliciting... Uh, delegates who will vote on the next Republican Party of Texas chair, and oh, I yeah. thought, well, that's a hell of a note. I mean, all of a sudden, you, all of a sudden, you They're guys are worried about shadowy groups, yeah, all, shadowy names. <laughs> like, oh, now there's a problem. Okay, I mean, what was the thing that they ran on the audit? The uh, the uh, what was the thing that they ran against uh, Charlie Guerin? Out in Fort Worth, the uh, what was the name of the group that they put together? Well, well uh, and and just to to back up for just one second, it, it was the height of irony and exactly the shot of irony that I needed to see this group empower Texans that has been locked in legal uh, in legal battle with the Texas Ethics Commission, which is a real thing. They've been locked in battle with them over alleged campaign finance violations and allegations of illegal lobbying. Uh, you know, the Ethics Commission's been trying to deal with those accusations against Empower Texans. They set up a group, Empower Texans set up a group called the Texas Ethics Disclosure Board, yes, which was nothing more than a DBA doing business as. Uh, it was just a, another name for Empower Texans, and they started sending uh, letters to uh, voters in uh, Charlie Guerin's district, a state representative from Fort Worth, yeah. um, okay. warning about his ethical lapses. So now they're all... By the way, voters voters uh, rewarded them in that campaign uh, by uh, defeating their uh, preferred candidate uh, by double digits. Yeah. So, uh, these nebulous named groups, these... Now they're worried about some group uh, that is uh, right now playing in the race for Republican Party of Texas chairman, uh, a group called Texas Conservatives for Liberty and Freedom, which sounds all, you know, all too familiar because at, you know, at some point... All these groups sound the same. Yeah. So, what I want to ask you, I saw you <laughs> tweeting about this. And I saw this. By the way, should we say one other thing about that? Don't lose your place, Jay. One other thing about that. Under the law in Texas today, and this is something that I want uh, conservative Republicans to, if you've got to hear me when I say this. Under the law in Texas today, if you set up a group called Texas Conservatives for Liberty and Freedom, or a group that was called uh, Conservatism Rocks, or whatever you wanted to call it, you know, conservative, 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 as long as it's a C3 or a C4, as long as it's set up a certain way under the tax code, George Soros could be the guy who fully funds it, and you would not be entitled to know that. Hmm. You done? I said don't lose your place. <laughs> so, 
Did I make you lose your point? No, no, it's a good point. I mean, mean, that is the the point, though. That is the point. It it makes a huge difference. You know, who is paying for this stuff? Yeah. I mean, if you you walked into a room of uh, conservative Republicans and you shared some message with them uh, and you didn't tell them until the end that all the quotes that you had just read came from Barack Obama, do you think their, their mind might be changed at the end of that? Yeah. No. Right. I, I said yes, you but know. I mean no. <laughs> you Every, everybody's locked you in. It. it doesn't matter. Like, we're going to cover Clinton here in a minute. And, oh, sure. You know, what mass, an interview that was. Like, the big, the ma- I'm talking about President Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. the master yeah. of me, too. And people will just find a way to be like, well, that didn't matter then. Like, okay, he brought her into the Oval, hired her, and then, okay, so I don't want, okay, back to my place. What an interview that was. That, that's a good tease ahead, Jay. Okay, so... What I see you do is go in and say, you know, Cindy Ash, who's running for Republican Party, Texas chairman, mm-hmm. yeah. even though she may be called chairwoman, uh, she raises questions about James Dickey, Jim Dickey, as Braddock likes to say, about his record of being anti-Trump. And so last night yeah. I was writing and doing some stuff and I took a break and I sat down on my couch and I, I looked for old James Dickey anti-Trump tweets from early 2016 and they're all uh, gone. Like oh, there, there are responses to him, but yeah. the original tweet, what happened to the tweets? Where's right. the principle? How, how did that go? Were you able to find his comments? Apparently not. I was not, and I was really sad about it. But go well, ahead. Well, Ash's campaign was able to find some of those comments. Uh, you may remember that in 2016, there was a push, uh, basically a free the delegates movement. Uh, it, it, these were people who thought that at the 2016 Republican National Committee, the delegates that were bound to Trump uh, to vote for him should be freed to vote for whoever they want. And you know, the uh, well, way it works, remember it. Yeah, as a Trump were, primary people, voter, I remember right. it. Yes, you were on the other side of uh, Jim Dickey at that point. Yes, right? I've well, always been on Jim Dickey's <laughs> other side. How about that? Uh, on the other side of Texas, on the other side of Jim Dickey. Yeah, um, so look, there was there was a letter uh, that uh, Dickey wrote to uh, delegates at the time and wrote to Republican activists at the time. Uh, subject line in the email was "National Convention Urgent." And I'll read to you from the email. This is uh, the uh, quote that uh, Ash's campaign has uh, now made into an issue. Uh, The quote is, You've seen the news stories, the polls, the video clips, and the embarrassing tweets. It's now clear that Donald Trump does not share our conservative values and will lose to Hillary Clinton in a landslide that will debilitate the Republican Party for a generation. Generation. It's always the generation. Well, you, you want to think generationally. Um, look, uh, that's the position that James Dickey had at the time, and there were a lot of people who felt that way, that thought he was right, and that uh, supported Senator Cruz instead. This is back when, uh, you know, maybe there was some last-ditch effort, some last shot uh, at Senator Cruz becoming the uh, becoming the nominee for the Republican Party. Uh, but of course, those folks lost, and Trump uh, went on to be the nominee. And uh, you know, Chairman Dickey was not correct. Uh, you know, uh, Trump uh, beat Clinton. As uh, President Trump likes to say all the time, uh, you know, uh, no one thought that he could beat Clinton, and instead uh, he was able to defeat her. So there were Republicans and Democrats alike who thought uh, that there was no way that Trump would win. Uh, but look, you know, you're, you, why why not just do this? You know, instead of what you described, Jay Leeson, which is 
going back and you know deleting all the comments and saying you know something completely different now. Why not just say, yeah, that's the way I felt then. Maybe I was wrong then, um, and here's what I think now, and I, and I support the president now. You know, there are Republicans who have made there are Republicans who have made that argument yeah. uh, with some success. Like and, and look, half uh, the legislature, uh, Democrats yeah. so, included. Right. Absolutely. So you have um, a, a very, a, you know you have a shifting situation uh, with the president uh, in office now, and uh, Republicans around the country. Uh, saying something that they did not uh, used to say. I mean, uh, look, leading the charge, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who was all for Cruz when he was an option. But as soon as Cruz was not an option, he was the first one in Texas, first major Republican to say uh, that he was with Trump and that Cruz ought to, you know, get up, you know, blank or get off the pot, you know, and uh, and endorse the president. Uh, he went on national radio shows, national TV, and said that uh, Cruz ought to endorse uh, the president, uh, the you know, the nominee, the eventual president. Uh, and, uh, you know, in this last uh, election cycle, it was uh, Patrick who was also saying over and over again, I agree with President Trump. So um, it's not impossible to make the shift, but when you're one of these people uh, who is of the Tea Party model, uh, which is to say that y- you never change your mind, that uh, you know you have to agree 100% with a certain platform, um, then it is much more difficult to turn the corner uh, when uh, the facts change on the ground. Well, you say no one thought that he could beat Clinton, but let me just puff out my chest for just a moment. I did not say no one thought that. Uh, okay. Well, Play the tape back. Nah, we'll, we'll have to go through it in the podcast. But oh, maybe I did. I mean, I'm, I'm in touch. <laughs> Very with, few thought so. I'm in touch with dairy guys up in the Midwest to cotton guy to grain throughout the Midwest, and then cotton right here in West Texas. And I always thought that Trump had the best shot, and that's why I went in with him, along with some messaging about you know rural problem i mean he tapped into that like nobody else did and that, that's why i went with him from the beginning because i thought exactly that ted cruz had no shot whatsoever against hillary she would have pummeled him on that point uh you and i are in complete agreement uh, I, I never thought that cruz had a shot of beating clinton yeah. I wasn't one of these Rubio guys like, oh, I, I'm going to hedge my bets and just vote. I was never on that train. Okay. So, speaking well, of... Well, there are a lot of people, by the way, one thing about that, there are a lot of people who um, are not Trump fans, but will, and uh, some of them will admit this, a lot of people who don't like President Trump but could never repay him for what he was able to do as far as shredding Ted Cruz. Now, all those people will be grateful to him forever for that. Yeah. Yeah, Lion Ted. We don't have the sound. We don't have the sound bite to drop. But Lion Ted. Lion Ted so, and Little Marco. So speaking of if Ted, you had to Cruz, choose between Little Marco or Lion Ted, which would you go with? Uh, but, wait. Yeah. So far as messaging or as candidates? Just if you had to be called Little or be called a liar. Oh yeah, I'm going Little. Yeah, you see my point, right? Yeah. There you go. So we've got a couple of showstoppers today. So far. <laughs> so I'm just going to point that out. Go ahead. <laughs> Let's bring the the horses back in the corral here. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked about Cruz, a post-Obama elected official, the Tea Party surge in 2010. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. hear much at all anymore about Tea Party, Scott. Where did they all go? Where did they all go? What's happened? Was it was it Trump? What what was it? 
in some ways it's Trump, and in some ways it's that uh, a lot of the folks who identified as Tea Partiers originally, and I'm talking about elected office holders, um, it, they would tell you, uh, and there was a story about this today from uh, this from uh, the Associated Press and from Yahoo, uh, is where I saw it, um, I believe, yeah, and, uh, you know, they had uh, reported out that there were a lot of these uh, folks who uh, originally were called Tea Party types um, who actually didn't give themselves that label. That what they wanted to do was go in and make some changes, and they wanted to oppose President Obama. Um, and you know, once he wasn't there anymore, uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to keep going with that. You know, there were 87 um, new House members uh, elected back in uh, 2010 under that sort of Tea Party wave, and what was really more of an anti-Obama sort of wave. A lot of them have gone on to other jobs. A lot of them just aren't calling themselves Tea Party anymore. I think a good uh, case study of this is uh, a guy named uh, Ted Poe from the Houston area, a very conservative congressman for many years. He's retiring this year, and there was a nasty uh, primary to uh, replace him. Um, but uh, it was last year that he had said he was um, resigning from their Freedom Caucus, their Liberty Caucus up in uh, D.C., and he was asked why. Uh, and he said, look, you know, we, we came in originally uh, to try to oppose a liberal agenda, and we came in originally to try to uh, oppose President Obama. But what ended up happening was, instead of saying no to President Obama, as soon as Obama wasn't there anymore, they were still saying no to Trump. This is a group that was just saying no to everything. Uh, and when you're just saying no to everything, uh, at some point, uh, there's no reason to have you around anymore. Yeah, so there is a fade. I don't, I don't hear that I don't hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Huh. Well, he is Scott Braddock. It took you a little bit long today, but I think definitely worth it. Uh, Scott Braddock there at quorumreport.com. Braddock, thank you for your segment here. Braddock on Texas every Monday, other side of Texas. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's my pleasure. Thank you. We have opened up. I should I should. I should have. I let my Monday seep into the show. I, I meant to say this at the top of the show. We now have the text line open. And I try to... How do I say this humbly? A lot of people listen to this podcast. And what I don't want is within an hour show to have a lot of calls. I want great calls. But I don't want just any call. And I don't want to be the guy, like, really, this is passive-aggressive, but I don't want to be the guy who shuts somebody down. Okay, that's enough. Let's go on with what we had lined up. I, I, we got to find a way to moderate that, to to go through that system. And I don't want Queenie to have to go to the next room over there where Buddy Holly was recording and try to figure out if caller is, if it's going to be a good quality call or mm-hmm. it's just going to be, hey, how about... Uh, how about that uh, super regional there? No, yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to. But the text line is 806-745-5800. Bring it right up. 806-745-5800. From now on, you can use that number to text the program, and we'll get to your texts, especially if they're really good quality texts, and most especially if they're hater texts. Those are the texts I want. And if you aren't a hater text, just make it a good text. So, um, best and worst of the weekend. I am, uh, in the next segment, we're getting into my love for West Texas, but my sympathy for people that have some issue with, uh, let's say, 
just north of Midland on down to the Pecos. That coming up. But I'm really big on irony, and I appreciate irony. And uh, I walked into an issue of irony this weekend whenever I went into Duluth's trading store. It's just open a store in Lubbock. And so we're all in the middle of this big uh, Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people being sexually harassed. And, I, oh, I wish I had the segment. We'll try to play it tomorrow. CNN, like all this stuff now with Morgan Freeman. And this pregnant reporter is asking a question. And then Michael Caine, who's in this old man movie with Morgan Freeman. I'm, I'm going to West Texas. Just stick with me. Morgan Freeman listens to Michael Caine tell this embarrassing story to this reporter about... How he had told a woman, like, the cardinal sin of being a man is to suggest to a woman that she's pregnant and she's not pregnant. Uh. And so the story goes forward, and they played this live on CNN. The reporter, in all this Me Too, Morgan Freeman stuff, says, you know, that happened to me. That happened, When did it happen to you? Like, a couple of years ago, the press junket. Well, what happened? And she plays the tape, and she says, there, we've caught it on tape. It's right here. And it's Morgan Freeman listening to Michael Caine tell that story. Michael Caine is the butler in Batman. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, you just needed some... I need to contextualize it for you there, yeah. Queenie. And so, everybody laughs... Whenever Kane tells that story, and then Morgan Freeman waits and says, I wish, how do he say it? I wish, I wish I was there. I wish I would, I wish I could be there. And she took that as a suggestion that he wanted to be there with her. Like, this uh. is all just, like, there are some legitimate cases out there. Like with Monica Lewinsky, coming up in just a second. But whenever you do that, then, you know what? That is fake news. And that doesn't matter. And people are just going to roll their eyes. But anyway, so in this whole Me Too New World Order, I go into Duluth and I say to the lady, look, I take meetings throughout the day. I'm out in the field doing, like, the, the project stuff out on work sites but there are times where I zip away to a lunch. And so I need some crossover. That's like why I'm always wearing like outdoorsy clothes because they mm-hmm. can be dress clothes and then they can be work clothes all at the same time. So I go into Duluth's and I start asking this lady, look, I want some Duluth jeans. I just want to see what they're like. You know, Duluth yeah. opened their first Texas store in Lubbock, in the rural metropolis. And so... She walks me over to some jeans, and she says, what do you think about these? And so their whole thing is like risque names. And I wasn't really thinking, like, they sell bare-naked underwear. Uh, Buck-naked, I'm sorry, buck-naked underwear. And this sort of stuff. And she says, well, I think what you would like is some ballroom jeans. I'm thinking, yeah, those could be fancy. Some ballroom jeans. (laughs) And stop laughing. Don't step on the joke. Because it has not registered yet in my mind. And little Sam's standing there with me. And she's like, oh, yeah, these are these are ballroom jeans. And I said, well, they aren't fancy enough to be ballroom jeans. Like, I'm thinking about ballroom jeans. It's like crease and we're going to cowpokes and they're slim cut. And she's like, no, no, there's plenty of room for for ballroom jeans. 
And it's at that point that I looked at her and thought, in this new world order, am I sexually harassing you right now? And like, put my hands over Sam's ears and like, <laughs> ballroom jeans, are you kidding me? Like, this is a thing? You guys can do this right now? Anyhow, this morning, speaking of a new world order, Bill Clinton, who I believe still thinks that harass is two words. Bill Clinton was on the Today Show. <laughs> and he had this. Hold on. I've got it right here. Has this to say on the Today Show. To era has done. It's forced a, a lot of women uh, to speak out. One of those women, Monica Lewinsky, she wrote in an op-ed that the Me Too movement changed her view of sexual harassment. Quote, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior with enough life experience to know better. He was at the time, at the pinnacle of his career, while I was in my first job uh, out of college. Looking back on what happened then, through the lens of Me Too now, do you, do you think differently or feel more responsibility? Well, I felt terrible then, and I came to grips with it. Did you ever apologize for No, yes, and nobody believes no, yes. That I got out of that for no, free. Yes. I left the White House $16 million in debt. But you typically have ignored gaping facts in discovering this, and I bet you don't even know them. This was litigated 20 years ago. Two-thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive to that. I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. I had two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s for their percentage in the bar. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. You are giving one side and omitting facts. Mr. President, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to present a side. I'm no, not, no, I'm, you asked me if I agreed. The answer is no, I don't. And I, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to me. I apologize to everybody in the world. Okay, so Bill Clinton chiming in. The uh, the the master of uh, sexual harassment. <laughs> One words or two. Uh, he did. He did apologize. That uh, that's me at Duluth, right there. That's that's me with the sales assistant at Duluth is the same thing as Clinton sitting there with the Today reporter. That's uh, that's something. Uh, best of the weekend. So that was that might have been that was kind of my favorite. The the worst was that eight year old at the Texas Tech Super Regional or at the regional we're going to super regional got smacked in the face with a baseball line drive yeah on uh, sunday's game texas tech was playing louisville it was early in the game and the boy was sitting with his father in the lower level along the first baseline ethan chavez is home now from the hospital his father says that there were thankfully no broken bones i'm glad to hear that's like worst case one of the worst cases so glad his face wasn't broken up and i had an epiphany and my 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 boys tonight we're gonna have to have a sit down because i've been annie lebron james for a long time let's move sports from baseball (laughs) into basketball 
you know, there's, I don't know who Darius Brown is, but he put out this tweet this weekend, and I thought, that makes a lot of, I think it was a Facebook post. LeBron James had no father, no education, very little training, and he was poor, and by the time he was 18, he's making 420k a week. He married his high school sweetheart, was never arrested. Now, I got the Bill Cosby thing going through my head, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this could all go wrong one day. But for now, was never arrested, never used drugs, never humiliated his spouse and with side chick stories. No outside babies. Never in the news with so much as a parking ticket. Excellent father, heavily involved with his kids' activities, greatest player on the planet in the game today, 14 years, same dude, same maturity. Now, he was wearing a suit this weekend with dress shorts. Like, it was all the same fabric that he had on the shorts. But, you know, you're LeBron James. So I've changed. I've gone. I've gone from the Golden... I'm done with the Golden State Warriors. Go ahead and buy your... It's They are the NBA's Yankees. I like me some LeBron. I do. <laughs> I mean, I just look at, like, the reason I don't like LeBron is because he's not Michael Jordan. But that's not a good reason not to like somebody. Because they aren't somebody else. Yo. So what? Heidi Klum isn't running the boards. That doesn't mean I don't dislike you, Queenie. (laughs) That's the way that goes. Hey, uh, quick text. Back room here. Former Republican candidate in Congressional District 27. I would have voted for you back. Passing through Lubbock today, enjoying the show. Godspeed. Thank you for listening. 806-745-5800. Hey, we're going to take this last break here and get in with the ranch. I think we're going to throw down, man. We're going to throw down rattlesnake bites and bulls. That's all this ranch is going to be about, the Lisa Potterosa. Stick with us right here. Up Blue Collar Bill here. For 20 years, West Texas Accessory Depot has been Lubbock's place for toolboxes, grill guards, power inverters, and everything I need to make my rig work for me. And now Accessory Depot is a licensed Stanley Black & Decker wholesaler, so I can get my DeWalt, Porter Cable, and Proto work tools with 80's great customer service at cheaper prices than the box stores. They're a one-stop shop for a full truck outfit from toolbox to tool out. Give West Texas Accessory Depot a call today at 806-866-9494. That's 806-866-9494. Or go see them at 7405 82nd, just west of Valencia, or at WTAccessoryDepot.com. That's WTAccessoryDepot.com. Smile, it's gonna be okay. Jason White Dentistry, the West Texas way. Smile and time, that's how it's done We treat you like you're the only one Your peace of mind is our state of mind We want to get to know you one smile at a time Smile, it's gonna be okay Chasing white dentistry the West Texas way Building owners and managers Sometimes you have good engineering, good equipment, and a good installing contractor but your heating, ventilation, air conditioning system just doesn't work well. If this is your situation, call ND White Engineering. Using state-of-the-art methods and instrumentation, ND White Engineering can perform a survey of your building, 
pinpoint exactly what's going on and provide detailed recommendations for correcting the problem. For more information, call 806-785-1370. Hey, I don't, uh, I don't advertise for people, and I've never gotten a dime. Go to uh, iTunes. You know, support good journalism. Going to get into that tomorrow, but goodness gracious, support great Texas songwriters as well. And can I just say that Cake is terrible? Like I've never liked Cake for as long as we've been married, Charity and I. And even whenever I was at, like in high school, and I could begin to say, "No, Mom, I'm serious. I don't want Cake. We've done cheesecake." Like the whole Supreme Court thing. My big hang-up. In all of that is, first of all, you ought to have the right to not, within the private enterprise, to not provide service if it's legitimately based in religious thought. And I think you can find a good 1,500 years of theological thought that substantiated the idea that you cannot, you don't have to sell a cake to certain individuals. This is not, this is not water fountains, but anyhow... But my second biggest hang-up is that cake is terrible, okay? <laughs> Unless you've got Bluebell to absorb within the cake. Like, it's terrible. I don't want any of it. I, I don't like the, the icing gives me a headache. The whole idea is ridiculous. Like, give me something real. Give me, give me the cheesecake. So, we went this weekend. I went. Whenever I say we, I mean the royal we, which is me went and looked at a ranch and it was incredible and it just it's like so much of west texas especially as you get into the cap rock golly and, and the mountainous regions whenever the especially whenever the land even you know like amarillo the wheat keeps the dirt on the ground and mm-hmm. so i i'm sympathetic whenever people are like oh love it this love it that but i'm especially sympathetic like whenever you get down Midland, like South Midland to the Pecos River, man, that is some hard country. That is some, hey, you're going to sit here all day long in Monahans and you're going to run, you're going to run the truck and you're going to move all this sand over to here and you can't leave until you get done. And man, that, that is some hard country. I mean, that down there, like I know Lubbock's dry, but down there the baptists are sprinkling the methodists are spitting and the catholics are giving rain checks and i can understand how that can be a hard sell for some people matter of fact Houston chronicle wrote a piece uh, i believe yesterday about how hard a time companies are having getting guys down folks down women down some women down to uh work the oil fields uh that west texas is a hard sell isolation is far from the only issue recruiters must overcome to convince qualified candidates to relocate to west texas and this is down in oil country now housing in the region is in short supply and prices are soaring and that is absolutely the truth i went to a mcdonald's not long ago down in the permian and it was like like six flags like a snake (laughs) Schools are crowded, understaffed, and performing 
the Chronicle says poorly. I check in on that. Healthcare is woefully short of doctors. Crumbling roads and highways are jam-packed with heavy trucks and traffic. Yeah, they are. How do you think the miracle happened? It happened right here. Where'd you get all that puff fun money? A&M and UT? You got it from right here. And yet the roads are crumbling. To fill one position, companies need to take at least 10 offers and pay premiums of 20% over salaries in other parts of Texas. Do you see the motif emerging? Petersburg is paying more for entry teachers than some of the largest school districts in the region. And here, these companies are paying 20% over the salaries of other parts of Texas. Oil industry analysts said, and still that might not be enough, oil-filled jobs in the Permian start at close to $100,000 a year, while an experienced truck driver can make close to $300,000 a year in overtime. The Midland Chamber of Commerce estimates that at least 15,000 jobs are open at any given time, mostly oil and gas. A job on drilling and fracking crews takes maybe two months to fill, while engineering and management positions, which often involve relocating families, will sit vacant for several months, energy companies said. But what a great way to pay off the credit cards. And, to use the words of Chancellor a&M System Chancellor John Sharp, people might come up here and take a take a liking to the land. That's uh, his his argument for keeping a monopoly, which is another thing grinding my gears, and I'll talk about that tomorrow. Keeping a monopoly on veterinarian services in Texas, not down with that. Well, that brings us to the conclusion. I got overtime here. Got to get home. Wife's going to start calling. Got a great family to get home to and above average supper. Thank you for taking time to tune in to the other side of Texas and for hanging out and telling friends that you hang out on the other side of Texas. We are uh, going to be there on Facebook after the show. Going to be on Twitter and at OtherSideOfTexas.com. So until then, for Queenie, for Scott Reddick, Beck Brew. Driving through the region, J West Texas. Lisa, we'll see you tomorrow on the other side of Texas. One night in Kansas City, after we had played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hid behind a dumpster in an alley.